Welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. I hear the other side. Will God make me marry somebody that I don't like? Leave God out of that picture. Do you like somebody or don't you like somebody? Those are the bases. Now ask if God would bless that. To me, that can be a symbol as if we both agree. It's like anointing oil that flows down over the beard of Aaron because there was unity between the two. That's what I see. I have seen more people that have come to me that have said, somebody came to me and said, the Lord told me to, to tell, you know, uh, and I'll tell you one of them was that, that God told me that you will only get the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit under a certain condition. It's not what the Bible says. If you think the Lord told you that, it's probably you thought about it over and over and over and over, and it became an imagination. You start building on it, and now it becomes factual. Now you know it's, it's God. you got to go. In the early years of my Christian experience, I was out on a dozer and was operating a dozer. And I started thinking about the lost people in Cleveland. And I ended up, after thinking about that and thinking it got my attention, finally I just, I knew that, well, and now I couldn't have my, my mind on my work. And so my imagination built a whole case that this is God speaking to me. I have to stop my job, go back and get dressed and go to Cleveland, which was 100 miles away, and go out to the street. And there I will do something. Now, let me say this. There can be such a thing if you're a sheep. What I had here was I had a burden and it built upon that burden. And the next thing, it became God's word. Now, you'll say like this, you're becoming pretty technical. Understand, but remember, I do have 30-some years of experience with dealing with people like this, too. So I'm speaking out of a lot of experience concerning this. God has nudged me already. You've seen it. To speak certain things at certain moments, to say certain things. And it was definitely God was in it. Somebody got healed. Things of his nature. But it is not something that I harbor on and something that I think over and over and over and over because if you continue that, it becomes a godsend. And all you'll have is you'll make a mess out of something. I concluded after the Cleveland incident, that wasn't God in it. He was not in it at all. But I had to free my little imagination. I imagined. And I came back and the person I was working for was half upset. I probably couldn't have probably couldn't have witnessed to him at that point. You see what I'm saying? We need to be careful with these things. Now, I'm sure there's people in here that disagree with me on this. All I can tell you is you can trust a little bit of the experience that I have in this because I've helped so many people out of this mess and jam when they imagine things and they think God said, God said, and all at once it was not God said. God told me to tell you. God told me to tell you. Don't, just don't say that. You can say like this. It's on my heart to say something to you. That's a different story. You don't need that reinforcement that God said. Because typically what happens when you say God said, it's supposed to buggle your knees and you can't disagree with it. Understand what I'm saying? It's like I have this really special recipe with potatoes 
and I'm making them, and it is really, really special. I want you to taste it. And then you give them the taste. Say, what do you think? Well, what are they supposed to say? <laughs> you think it's really special. You build up the case for it. They almost have to say it's good, even if they don't like it. The problem with that is that person might continue for several months or even years hanging on to a recipe that nobody else likes, but nobody wants to disagree with them. It's how our mind works. This is our mind. Imaginations and thoughts of our mind can create a high place. It exalts itself higher than what God knows. It is a whole nation of wicked poison. These imaginary thoughts have deadly and destructive governing powers. They can destroy family, husbands, wives, children, friendships, brotherhoods, countries, nations. And it actually destroyed the whole earth with the exception of who went into the ark. It was the imagination. Why do you think God saw that the imagination of those people in the day of the ark, in the first world, worked so continually evil, he had to reset them and take them all the way back and wipe them all the way out and have a new start. And then conclude that man's imagination is wicked from youth up. These high places of imaginations have to be brought down and destroyed. These, ima these images are thoughts and have to be judged sinful and placed in captivity. That's what the Bible says. We should bring them into captivity so that we can obey Christ. You have to be able to say no to that thought. There's times when I'm working and something is maybe really on my mind and it's on my mind. It just goes on and on and on and on. And all at once it becomes a vicious cycle and the imaginary, the imagination starts working and you start piecing things together and you start figuring out the whole thing. But you feel so defiled, you feel so bad, you feel so down and there's no life coming out of you. That is downright wrong. It's poison. Those thoughts have to be brought captive. You got to have a hold of those thoughts and say, I will not think about this. I will stop it right here. I will not think about this anymore. But there are some things going on. This is what the enemy does. He tries to unify his people in chaos with maybe a common gripe even though they're far apart, but they're all for that cause. I believe this country here has been operated like that. You know some of the discontentments in this country that are quite obvious. And there are some leaders that will side up to take that discontentment so that they have a group of people. One of those things is the illegals coming in that will immediately cater to the one side or the other. I'll just leave that. The high places of imaginations have to be brought down and destroyed. These images are thoughts and have to be judged sinful and placed in captivity. These imaginations and thoughts will destroy the most pleasant between a peace between you and God. These thoughts and imaginations will keep you from Christ's obedience. They linger in your mind and can occupy in your heart day and night give you sleepless nights. This is never God's way of showing you his will. Doesn't work that way. 
So how do I hear from God? If I need to hear from God, how is it done? Is it done through my imagination? No. It's the voice of the Spirit. And the voice of the Spirit will only speak to sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Unless you have the nature of the sheep, and the nature of a sheep will not use imagination. And then I have here to speak a little bit about life partners, which I already did. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Romans 8, 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded, remember, carnally minded simply talks about the inflaming of the imagination. I'll just, I'll just have to be very frank with you all, including myself. We have all done this. I don't know that there's a day that goes by that you're not tempted with this imagination thing. If perhaps you're in disagreement with somebody, if you're with the youth, and you feel a, bit, a little bit not accepted, if I can say it that way, your imaginary mind immediately starts springing up to build a case of proof. You want to somehow build a burden of proof that you can say that I know now, I, I know I was right. You know, and there's times when you might be right, but it's a dangerous thing. When the imagination is the only thing that builds a case, you have nothing to base it on. It's a very dangerous thing. For to be carnally minded is death. That is your natural mind. The natural thinking is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, you want to ask me the question, well, how do I know if it's spiritually minded, if there's life and peace in it? If what you're thinking is not life and peace, you are not using the spiritual mind. If what you're thinking is bringing death to your spiritual life, to your well-being, to your family, to your home, to your surrounding, you are not turning to a spiritual mind. You're using the carnal mind. So, the next time I'm tempted with the imagination to build a case, and I'm saying this, that I'm aware of some struggles in some of the families that are sitting in my under my voice today. And I'm putting out a plea from children to children, maybe not at home, ones that are married. I'm putting out a plea. You need to gear up your mind with the Holy Spirit and work peace amongst you. Never quite seen it like this. You might get along with each other, but there's not peace amongst you but death, and you feel so trashed afterwards. Seldom that I speak this plain, but I want to speak to you, and I ask that you might consider what I'm speaking today concerning the carnal mind. Your arguments and your imaginations against each other concerning family, I, I'm speaking family, will not do you any good. It'll just bring death to you, and it'll destroy relationships around you. So how do I know again if I have 
a carnal mind or a spiritual mind. If you have life and peace, then it's the spiritual mind. If you have death or doom or gloom, you have the carnal mind. So now look and let's inspect our lives with any situation or circumstance that is going on around us. What do I carry that's most prominent in my life? Is it peace and joy or is it death? It tells us who we are. So we do not look at, okay, now I have to really think this and, and try to deal with this so that it's spiritual. No. You know already what brings peace and life. That's the right way. Death, it's the wrong way. Does it add to the burden? It's carnal. Is, does it bring life and peace? That's the spiritual mind. I really appreciate what I saw in, uh, in you this morning over here on the, the dancing. I, I, I saw that as a family. Wow, that's so beautiful. When families don't argue with each other, but they dance with each other. I bless God for that. I'm, I really want to see more of that. Hallelujah. You see, it says in verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, and it is not subject to the law of God, and it cannot be. So then they that are after the flesh cannot please God. So what you take away when you're doing things after the flesh is you are not pleasing God in this. The thoughts that you're carrying, the bias that you have, the case that you've built, the imagination that you know is true is wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Then it says in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. We hope you've been inspired and changed by today's message. If you wish to listen to today's message or for other audio and video resources from the preaching ministry of Wayne Weaver, please visit ministriesofwayneweaver.com.